found it. This is the Tidbits Podcast with Dale Lau and Matthew Paul. We're so glad you're here. Enjoy the show. Well, here we are, a little different intro for us today. Just wanted to change things up a bit for us, Matt. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, just a little bit. A little change. Yeah, it's fine. I don't know. I panicked. Hit the wrong button. <laughs> I know, geez. Still's first day. I was still hearing your stuff going. I thought, oh, geez, I can't go yet. And then it's the wrong button. But here we are. We're ready to roll. Now, uh, to kind of explain the red flag fire weather warning. Yeah. That's a combination of wind, low humidity, and dry. Right. And if you burn outside, that means things could spread rapidly. And get out of control. Yeah. So they don't really want you burning stuff outdoors with uh, those conditions. Because this time of year, a lot of people, well, I want to burn off that fence row. Sure. You know, that sure. get out of hand in a hurry. So, yeah. So don't do it because uh, that'll be in effect through eight o'clock tonight. Now, here's a dog that arrived to an animal shelter earlier this year, turned out to be an alcoholic. What? Yeah. However, he's doing better and on the path to recovery. Coco, a chocolate lab spaniel mix, was dropped off with a dog pal at an animal shelter after his owner passed away. Soon after the dogs got there, they became unwell and started suffering from seizures. Okay. Despite emergency care administered by an on-site vet, the companion died And staffers soon figured out Coco was suffering from symptoms that all pointed to alcohol withdrawal. Coco's owner must have left drinks out that Coco became addicted to. Wow. Coco was kept sedated for about a month to help uh, ease the way through withdrawal. Man. And keep the seizures better under control. Wow. Now Coco said to be out of the danger zone is off his meds, and seems to be physically recuperated. That dog must have really sloshed it down. And you're not supposed to do that. I I didn't even, to be be very honest, I mean, I never even thought that a dog could get, you know, addicted to alcohol. Like, that never, I didn't know it was a thing. Well, this guy liked it. Man. I guess he must have always had a bowl of beer or something, something. down, you know. And, but that's you know pretty bad if you're a dog addicted to alcohol. Mm-hmm. Never heard of it. I, First yeah. time I've yeah. We're learning stuff. Yeah, and I guess they do make beer for dogs, but it's not alcohol, you know. And why you buy it, I don't know. So there, you you and your buddy can have a beer and watch the game. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, they they do. I don't. They make just about anything anymore wow. for your dog. <laughs> this uh, <laughs> this says that four in ten people have asked their loved ones for money over the past year to deal with rising costs of living. Hey, Matt, buddy, can I, uh, <laughs> can I talk to you? <laughs> A survey of 8,500 across ten countries hmm including 2,000 Americans, finds that 43% have asked for financial help in the past 12 months. Results also show respondents are relying on others to help with essentials, like groceries and their rent or mortgage. 
Things are tough. I, there's no doubt. It's yeah, terrible. Absolutely. Their parents and their friends <clears throat> were the people respondents were most likely to turn to for money. But a quarter of those surveyed have turned to a co-worker, <laughs> while more than one in ten have asked their child for money in the past year. <laughs> Your mom and I need to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> Survey results also found 56% of respondents currently have a side hustle or other form of supplemental income. This compared to 40% of American respondents specifically. Going to have your side hustle. Make ends meet. That's right. And it's tough. It, it's really tough. Gas prices alone and you yeah. go to the store. Yeah. You hard, hardly get anything and it's over 50 bucks. Right. And it, it's just. I know. Terrible. How are we going to fix it, Dale? I don't know. How will we fix it? Well, I say vote Mavericktarian on <laughs> May 2nd. Vote Mavericktarian. <laughs> Real change. <laughs> vote Mavericktarian. You can throw out all those great you know. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and the, and the problem is you can't do anything, you know. Oh, I, uh, I'll bring more jobs. More jobs. Vote Mavertarian. Just throw that out there. Here's a uh, an unruly Alaskan Airlines passenger now. Oh, geez. Had to be restrained with zip ties. Zip ties? Mid-flight. Arrested after she threatened to kill a flight attendant. Oh, well. <laughs> there you go. Chloe M. De Silva. Charged with one count of interfering with flight crew members and attendants. While on board a nonstop flight from San Fran to Chicago, the Silva became disruptive during the flight and got into a confrontation with a male flight attendant, threatening to kill him. I'll kill you. <laughs> no, not all right. <laughs> a flight attendant. <laughs> And two uh, passengers restrained her with zip ties. Dang. The mother and her baby, who were sitting directly in front of De Silva, switched seats with another passenger for their safety. We've got to switch seats. I'm sorry. Can you switch <laughs> the pilot? Uh, who was concerned about the safety of others, decided to divert the flight to Kansas City at about 4.20 a.m. De Silva appeared in federal court Monday. <laughs> what what could possibly trigger you that much that you get you're going to threaten to kill someone on an airplane? What do you think is going to happen to you? Why are we always reacting like this uh, anymore? It's like we're spoiled brats, and you got to get what you want. And if you don't, you're going to you know you're going to throw fit like that. You know, I was talking to somebody, DJ. Had already played the same song twice, okay? Mm -hmm. Was asked for again. <clears throat> and the guy shows a piece because he couldn't get his song. Now, come on. Now, that's just... Aye, aye, aye. <laughs> it's getting to... It's just overboard, man. You pull a piece because your fries aren't good. Sure. You pull a piece because, you know, it's just, come right. on. Right. I don't get it. You know, I've been angry before, Matt. You know it. I told you the story. Yes. It was the worst. <laughs> but I, you know, I refrained. 
Now, when we, I'm still, I'm, just, I'm, <clears throat> I'm looking at the actual article to okay. see what exactly triggered this. It doesn't say that what it was. Well, the one guy broke just, down because he couldn't get a drink. It just says disruptive <laughs> during the flight, got into a profanity laden <clears throat> confrontation with a male flight attendant, threatening to kill him. <laughs> you know, you can't use that term loosely anymore. It used to be, you know, why well, you keep it? I'm going to kill you. Yeah, you, you know, can. back in the day. Yeah. Now you just you can't do that. No. <laughs> How many times? Especially on an airplane. Yeah. Like that's like the last place you want to act up is on an airplane. Just sit there, behave. Just, just sit down, shut up. <laughs> Don't be leaning your chair back and <laughs> annoying everybody. And you've got that to look forward to, possibly. Possibly. We'll have to hear your stories when you return. <laughs> there may be some good ones, but we've got several months to wait. Yep. Before we get those stories. That'll be a, um, a show for future us. <laughs> we'll be back after these messages. This is Tidbits. It's 638. It is a hump day, a Wednesday edition of Tidbits, the 12th of April. Almost four in ten Americans say they feel financially unhealthy. As prices remain high after a year of record-breaking inflation, it's <laughs> been nothing but good news for yeah, you so, this morning. I, I, well, I want you know the people need to know. Okay, we've right. got to we've got to throw reality in their face occasionally. Okay. However, how much you think you need to get financially well may depend more on what year you were born than how much is sitting in your bank account. Okay. Gen Z says they require an average salary of $171,633. To feel comfortable. Yes. They need $171,000. Just to be comfy. You think you'll be earning that on the couch? Get off of it. <laughs> Y'all can't even get a job, let alone make. That's a lot of money. Yeah, okay? I'm still trying to like find myself... That is a whole lot. That's, yeah. That's the highest compared to older generations, according to a 2022 survey conducted by the Harris Poll. Gen Z says they need that 171633 bucks to feel comfortable. <laughs> to feel comfortable. That's not even like, what do you think would be like rich in your eyes? No, it's just to live comfortably. It's 171 grand. What are you doing with that much money? Well, as we get to this story, they certainly aren't saving it. Mm. All right. Millennials, they need $133,758 to survive. Okay. Gen X. That's me. You guys only need $112,222. See? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then baby boomers. We can get by on seventy-eight grand. Seventy-eight grand—that's all we need. That's see now. That's just there's a huge. <laughs> there's a huge. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. And quite honestly, seventy-eight grand in this neck of the woods—that'd be quite comfortable. That, that's living quite yeah. well. Yeah. In this neck of the woods. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, when it comes to saving, this is how much they think they need to stash away. Okay. <laughs> This would be for, like, their retirement. Okay, Gen Z. This is hilarious. Gen Z is really up there. They uh, know what they're doing. They know what they're doing. They know what's up. I'm only going to need 105 grand to retire. 
What are you? <laughs> oh, you're making 171,000 according to your ideal that's, scenario. That's where you want a year is to make 171 but grand. You're only going to stash 105,000 of that to retire. <laughs> yeah, by then we'll have <laughs> universal retirement. So, like you know, people will just be taken care of. Like we wouldn't need money. Millennials. They're a little more on track. Three hundred forty-nine thousand. See, that's that's more. Yeah, seven hundred eighty-four bucks. Gen X, even more. They they say five hundred sixty-six thousand nine hundred seventy-five. And us, the boomers, seven hundred sixty-four thousand nine hundred ninety-nine bucks. A hundred and five. What are you gonna do? <laughs> and again, at least you've got something, I guess. But. <laughs> How do you think that's going to last? Right. And you need 171000 a year to live comfortably. Now you, I, okay, I now stretch you, that out. You said this was for retirement. It, does, okay. it doesn't really say for uh, retirement. Okay, it just okay. says stashed away. All right, stashed. You'd have okay. just sitting in, a, in an account. Okay. And, they, and if just, you're a boomer, that's quite a bit of money to have stashed. I mean, that's, you know, three quarters of a million dollars you've got stashed. Yeah. Half a million for you guys, Gen X. Right. That's. I don't have anywhere. I, <laughs> I don't have those gold bars laying around, uh, you know, in nope. my bedroom. Nope. <laughs> my oil certificates. <laughs> <laughs> That's a pretty good chunk of change. All right. That so. is. There you go. That's Seriously, they they need one hundred and seventy-one thousand to be comfortable. To be again. comfortable. Yeah. To live, you know. A comfortable life. Only 105 grand in emergency funds. <laughs> we'll be okay. We'll be fine. <laughs> That's how warped thinking things are. I, and I suppose we so, probably okay. thought like that. So that. That was my next question. When I was 24, is that what I... I'm sure. Is that where my head know, was? You want to make a lot of money now. Yeah. You're not really worried about tomorrow. Right. And that's the truth. Right. <laughs> But that's a whole lot of money they think they should earn. If I had, if I had to, if I had to bet your paycheck, if I went back in time, and that's a lot. And you, <laughs> and you asked a twenty-two-year-old Maddie, yeah, who just came on board here at the radio station with a grizzled veteran, <laughs> with open arms, with open here. arms, yeah. yes. Um, I probably would have said something like one hundred and twenty grand a year mm-hmm. to be comfortable. Yeah, yeah. You came close to that. When you first started, I did. I did. Just under that. <laughs> we can't set goals too high, okay, in our world. <laughs> no. But, you know, that's a lot of money to think you need to live comfortably, even in a larger metropolitan area. I mean, that's a lot. That's a good. Around this neck of the woods? Oh, you're making that much money in this neck of the woods? I mean, I mean you're, just, yeah. you're high, high on the <clears> hog. <throat> Well, good news from the U.S. Postal Service. Got to raise those stamps again, folks. I'm sorry. We can't. <laughs> folks, we just ain't making it. <laughs> so now they're, yeah. they're going to go to 66 cents. <laughs> what are they now? I don't, I don't I even, don't even know. know, man. Must be 55 now. I don't know. I don't know. The increase. Oh, it's 63 now. Okay. Will take effect July 9th. The agency's price increase from 60 cents was approved in January. 
The USPS has raised prices four times in the last couple of years. Times are tough, folks. <laughs> and, and by 32% since 2019, <sighs> when stamps went from 50 to 55 cents. The new rates from the USPS Board of Governors raise overall first-class mail prices by 5.4%. I remember, you know, getting birthday cards from Grandma. It was a nickel stamp. It was a nickel. Okay? <clears throat> I remember when it was, it was 32 cents for yeah. the longest time. It was a long time, 32, yeah. yeah. And since then, it's when, the, yeah. Someone says, just make it a dollar. Well, you don't want to go too quickly. Sure. But you monkey around, you go up a, a few cents, and you turn around, and you need it another year from now. You know? It's... It, Get off the pot, folks. Fix it. The USPS. You're fired up this morning. Quit selling neckties and coffee mugs <laughs> you are, and focus. You are fired up this morning. <clears throat> you are taking people to task. <laughs> You're holding feet to the fire, baby. And I, I do appreciate the post. I do. I really do. I appreciate the individuals that deliver the mail. Oh, but, but it's not their fault. No, it's I mean, not. it's not no. on them. No, to, no. This is, they did not get themselves no. in the situation it's in. It's, uh, you know, it's been happening. Right. But no, I appreciate every individual mail, mail carrier out there. Oh, my gosh. It's a, it's a relentless job. Remember that? There was one day. It was just raining. Yeah. It was cold. It was awful. And I'm telling watch you. this lady delivering mail up and down. I was like, gosh, They're man. out there. They're out there plugging. I felt, I felt bad for yeah. her. Here's a guy from Florida threw chicken wings at the missus as the couple argued over the suspe- suspected lover. Oh, he has a suspected lover. He don't like hearing her catch him, so he's throwing chicken wings. Officers say the wife had sauce under her chin, (laughs) neck area, as well as on the thin shoulder strap to her shirt. Hmm. (laughs) He, on the other hand, was wearing a a white uh, sleeveless sock. (laughs) Just sock. The domestic disturbance began. When Robert Francis Audet, you're a criminal when you yep. get three names. That's right. And his wife began to argue about him having an apparent lover. At some point during the argument, the defendant grabbed and threw a takeout box of wings. <laughs> the man claimed to police that the couple came home when the woman got jealous of another woman he no longer talks to. <laughs> he denied threatening to hit her. But it appears as though he still got arrested. Mm. <clears throat> Don't throw wings. It's still a battery. It is. It could be spaghetti, something very light, marshmallows. Marshmallows, still pizza, be, whatever. They're in trouble. Yeah. Don't do it. <laughs> Here's a poor little horse from Detroit. <laughs> Where police came to the rescue of a yeah. lost horse. All right. <clears throat> this happened Tuesday morning. The horse was handed over to the mounted division. See, they know what to do with it. That's right. We'll take it from here. <laughs> is currently in Clarkston. Police have no idea who the horse belongs to. <laughs> so it's like the Wild West. Just a wild horse <laughs> running free down the streets of Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> Been living around Pontiac. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a sight to see, though. No doubt. You're not going to expect that in Detroit. So, uh, but he's got like a bridle on. Yeah. Like he has, you know, 
Maybe it'll become a member of their uh, mounted police. Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be something? Rescued and becomes a, a maybe a hero. Maybe horse. maybe a hero horse. Watching parades and taking care of business could be a good story. There. That's right. Here's uh, 33 vacuum cleaners stolen from Bed Bath and Beyond in Ohio. They're still open. I guess. I thought they were shut down. Well. Not all of them, Matt. Well, they're going to be now. <laughs> you keep losing product like that, you're not going to last long. <laughs> How do you lose 33 of them? Uh... Police were dispatched to the store just after 4 o'clock in the morning Saturday in response to a burglary alarm. Hmm. A uh, store window was smashed with a rock to gain entry. Surveillance footage shows a male with four shopping carts. <laughs> Loading them with 33 Dyson vacuum cleaners. Oh, wow. <laughs> Values between five and 750 bucks. I was going to say, they went for the good stuff. How do you sell those? What your do you mean, your you mom. Hey, mom. Need a new vacuum. <laughs> Police say a total of $17,000 worth of merchandise stolen. You go to Facebook Marketplace and you say, hey, do I you? have the Dyson vacuum. And then that turn an alert on doesn't do police monitor that stuff i'm sure they do but i mean where was this ohio didn't okay. say where but so let's ohio. say let's say that the crooks drove up from kentucky sold them in ohio drove back to kentucky and put them on the facebook page for lexington y'all need a sweeper yeah there you go <laughs> I'm not saying that's how they do it. I'm just saying maybe that's a that's the sounds to me like you're a mastermind. Okay, I, I think you've done this. <laughs> we need to put you on patrol. Now, if they're smart, they would charge you know around the same price yeah. just to make sure you know doesn't look you know yeah because if you're if you're unloading them for two hundred bucks you know that's that's a okay so they got to get at least for the five hundred dollar one three fifty four yeah. Bought this darn thing didn't sweep, or, or just you know, wife decided she didn't want it, <laughs> so we had to get a different model. <laughs> Wanted it for her birthday, okay. <laughs> and finally, one of the first people to visit Disneyland in 1955 recently returned for her 100th birthday. Wow, Californian wow. D. Kalafa was one of the first 100 people to walk through the railroad underpass on opening day of the theme park nearly 70 years ago. That's awesome. Walt Disney Company is also celebrating its 100th birthday this year. Kalafa's grandson wrote a letter explaining his grandmother's Disney connection to Disneyland Resort President Ken Fofrock, who extended a special invite. Kalafa says the experience of returning to the park to celebrate her 100th birthday was really special. She grew up in Anaheim, about a mile from the park, which is how she was able to be among the first 100. There you go. Wouldn't that be something? The first 100 in there. Yeah, that's cool. And since then, it's just we we have a we have a DVD that um is the original broadcast of when it opened. Oh yeah, and it had like Art Linkletter and oh boy, Ronnie Reagan was oh, there. Some of my favorite people. Yeah. Art link letter. <laughs> all right, now we're going to send it over to Ronnie Reagan, who's going to tell you all about this exciting new. I mean, it's just, you know, yeah, that sort of delivery was and just, it was great. 
All right. Well, there we go, Matt. Another edition of Tidbits down. Well, you never know who's going to be on these trains when they come pulling in. Look, it's the governor of California. <laughs> Thank you, Matthew, for reliving <laughs> 1955's broadcast at Disneyland. Uh, makes me wonder, could I have been, could could, I have been oh, a broadcaster? You, could, you right? could just use that voice. You yeah. would have been right there. Yeah. Be a legend. Yeah. I'll see you tomorrow. I got to go. All right. See you, buddy. This has been Tidbits with Dale Lau and Matthew Paul. We appreciate you listening, and we ask that you consider subscribing, leave a comment, leave a like, and thanks for stopping by. We'll talk to you again next time on Tidbits.